0: One of the most important decisions to make on any road trip is, where are we going to stop for lunch? Recently, when I was driving through the Southwest, this question came up. We had just left Monument Valley in Navajo Nation, and our next stop was the Grand Canyon, which is about a three-hour drive away. So lunch was obviously necessary, and I didn't even bother to check Yelp. I knew that there was one place we needed to go. Um, Could I just get a... A Whopper, please. A Whopper meal, or just the Uh, just the burger. Burger King, the Burger King in Cayenta, Arizona, is to be specific. Cheese or bacon? Uh, no yeah. thanks.
1: Yeah. And will that be for you? Your 7 seven twelve.
0: This Burger King is not just the spot to go if you're craving a Whopper at ten thirty in the morning. It's also home to a small museum a museum dedicated to a group of Native American veterans who developed an unbreakable secret code during World War II. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're taking you to Kayenta, Arizona, for a hamburger with a side of top-secret espionage history. That's after this.
1: Thank you so
0: much.
2: Have a nice day. Thanks. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com.
1: You like to watch new stuff, right?
0: After I've secured my Whopper, I take a look around the Burger King. In a lot of ways, it looks just like any other fast food joint. There's the lightweight metal table and chairs that scratch against the tile floor, the stacked up red trays above the trash bins, the soda machines. But there's something about this Burger King that is really different. Right behind the area where you wait in line near the cash register is a floor-to-ceiling display case, and it's filled with military paraphernalia. I peek inside through the glare of the fluorescent lights, and I can see knives, uniforms, a gas mask, and also nearby, there's a giant life-size cutout of Nicolas Cage. This collection is what I came here for. Yeah. This must be the only burger king in the world that has a museum. Yeah. That's yeah. Really awesome. yeah. <laughs> this is Bernie Begay. She's manager at the restaurant and has worked there for about three and a half years. What's the story behind why this collection is in this Burger King? What's the story about it? Uh, just a whole bunch of Navajos that fought in the war and using our Navajo language. The owner's father fought in the Code Talkers. A small notice inside the Burger King's vestibule tells some more of this story. Back in the 1990s, Richard Mike, who is the owner of this franchise, was doing some redecorating at home when a postcard fluttered out from some of his father's things. It showed Sugarloaf Hill on Okinawa in Japan, and it had a note on the back in his father's handwriting about the bloody fighting that had happened there. Richard was a little taken aback by this, because his father had never really discussed his time in the service, and he still didn't want to talk about it. So, Richard started doing some research. He went through the steamer trunks his father had brought home from the war, and he decided to take some of these items and display them in his restaurant to share the story of what his father had done as a Navajo code talker.
1: It might be well said that the Navajo Nation, the Navajo language code, really brought a victory in the Pacific theater and helped to sink the rising sun.
0: This is Regan Hawthorne, son of Navajo code talker Roy Hawthorne. He isn't affiliated with the Burger King Museum, but he generously shared the history of the code talkers with me when I called him up on a recent Saturday morning. Regan explained that back in 1942 during the Second World War, the US military was looking to create new secret codes to pass messages securely along the battlefields using telephone lines or radio one veteran of the First World War stepped forward with an innovative idea.
1: There was a young man who grew up on the Navajo Reservation. He was the son of a missionary, but he also became uh, versed in the Navajo language and how the peculiarity of it was that it it wasn't a written language. It was just verbalized. And so uh, Philip Johnston came up with the concept of Using Navajo language in the military to stifle the enemy.
0: The military liked Johnson's idea, so they set up a pilot program. 29 young Navajo men were recruited and sent to Camp Elliott in San Diego, where they started developing what would become the Navajo Code. The code wasn't just translating messages one to one from the English language into the Navajo language, it had further levels of encryption.
1: The Navajo men had to create not only words, but they had to learn to use Navajo words to spell certain things.
0: The code broke apart English words into sounds and then used Navajo words to represent those sounds. So let's take the English word for hill. You could break it into two sounds, the H sound and the ill sound. So this would be translated into the code as the Navajo word for horse, which would represent the H sound, and sick to represent the ill sound. So hill would become sick horse. This encryption meant that you didn't just have to be able to understand the Navajo language to understand the code. You had to be a code talker.
1: So a Navajo that was not a code talker, let's say a Navajo who was in the Air Force or a Navajo who was in the Navy or the Army, if they were privileged to have heard any of that communication, it would literally be nonsensical. They would hear their fellow Navajo patriots talking about such things as eggs and potatoes and sheep and horses and wondering what they, why they were talking such nonsense. It made no sense to them.
0: One thing I should point out, the Navajo language had been actively suppressed in the U.S. in the very recent past. And as children, some of these same young men being trained as code talkers had been forced to attend boarding schools where, had they been caught using the Navajo language, their mouths would have been washed out with soap.
1: We've got to consider that these Navajo teenagers came from a place that was uh, steeped in oppression. So they had really uh, no reason to volunteer. Uh, Had they stayed home and minded, quote, their own business, they would have been justified. They went to defend the homeland, because it was homeland.
0: Eventually, there were almost 400 Navajo code talkers. They served in every major battle the Marines fought in the Pacific from 1942 to 1945. The code talkers transmitted information on the battlefield and acted as messengers. Code talkers had to keep cool amid all the chaos of the battlefield to do their jobs. And they did them very quickly.
1: They didn't have to write it down and then match up letters, like sometimes you'll see in spy movies or something. Well, these men were so adept in what they had developed. They immediately, when they hear it in Navajo, they know what it means. And so there was no time loss for the decoding. And that was probably the greatest significance of the code, that there was zero time loss.
0: During the Battle of Iwo Jima, six Code Talkers transmitted more than 800 messages without a single error. One leader of the Marines later declared that, were it not for the Code Talkers, quote, the Marines would never have taken Iwo Jima. After the war was over, the Navajo Code Talkers didn't talk much about their experiences. Part of that, Regan said, was because they were just trying to go back to living normal lives. But there was another part of it too.
1: They had been admonished to keep it secret. The code itself was not declassified until decades later.
0: The code was never broken during the war, and for that reason, the military kept it classified in case they wanted to use it again. But that meant that the Code Talker veterans didn't receive formal recognition for what they had accomplished until decades after the war was over. After the code was declassified in the late 1960s, the story of the Code Talkers began to garner some more public recognition. In 1982, August 14th was declared National Navajo Code Talker's Day. And there was some pop culture recognition, too. Let's come back to the Nicolas Cage cardboard cutout.
1: Your mission is to protect the code at all costs. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. I do. In 2002,
0: Cage starred in Wind Talkers, a movie in which he plays a Marine assigned to protect a Navajo Code Talker. And there are other pop culture artifacts on display at the Burger King, too. There's a G.I. Joe doll still in its box, and its little label reads Navajo Code Talker with a yellow sticker saying, I can talk. Burger King manager Bernie Bigay told me that the exhibit has become a go-to stopping point for tour buses headed to Monument Valley. I'm, like, really proud of it because that's from our religion and our Native American history. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm really I'm proud of it. And today, if you want to learn more about the history of the Code Talkers, you can visit this Burger King. There's some really interesting objects in the collection to check out, like a purple heart surrounded by beadwork and some of the other things that Richard Mike's father brought home from Japan. There's also a number of other small private displays located around Navajo Nation. For example, there's one in Tuba City, which is about an hour's drive from here. But soon, Regan Hawthorne hopes that there will be another place that you can go to. He's a board member of a group that's been working for years to create a museum dedicated entirely to telling the story of the Navajo Code Talkers.
1: We want to... Tell a story of a people whose love for their very being is rooted in the land upon which we come from. We want to tell a story so that the entire world can know who we are.
0: This year on August 14th, Navajo Code Talkers Day, the museum broke ground in Cebonito, New New Mexico. Regan tells me the museum may open its doors as soon as summer of 2024. The Burger King in Kayenta is open from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. And you can find out more information about the new museum at com. Special thanks to Regan Hawthorne for telling me the story of the Navajo Code Talkers history and to Bernie Vigay and the staff of the Kayenta, Arizona Burger King. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes
2: Dylan Therese,
1: Doug Baldinger,
2: Chris Naka,
0: Camille Stanley,
2: Willis Ryder Arnold,
0: Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales,
1: Baudelaire Seuss,
0: Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson,
2: John Delore.
0: Our technical director is
2: Casey Holford.
0: This episode was mixed by
2: Luce Fleming.
0: If you would like to learn more, check out atlasobscura.com. There is a link in our episode description. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, and I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.
2: The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.
0: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away.